I just uh, wanted to to share with you uh, a way that I was deeply encouraged. Uh, can I do that? Is that okay? All right. It's from uh, a family that used to attend New Community. They've moved on. They live in Seattle now. And, and this is just an email. And Greetings from Seattle, where it's balmy 40 degrees. And they don't mean to brag, but they're, they're bragging. Here's why we and their family continue to give to New Community, even though it's been five years since we left Chicago. We continue to give even though we live so far away because of what God has given us through new community. Every time we visit Chicago, we make time to come to Sunday service, and with each visit, we are amazed to see how powerfully God continues to move you, church, to further his mission. The authenticity of your love for the gospel, the city in which you live, and the people of Chicago deeply continue to move our hearts. We also give because we've been blessed beyond measure during our time at New Community with everlasting gifts. Deep and powerful sermons that transformed our understanding of the gospel. Raw, open, and honest discussion on race, prejudice, culture. Worship that was deep and wide. All these things opened our eyes to really see our brothers and sisters in a new light of Christian love and commitment. Above all, at New Community, we learned and experienced that being a Christian is to be radical, authentic, intentional, passionate, honest, and loving. God has blessed us in many ways that we consider our time at New Community as one of the most important formative periods in our lives. We were at New Community for eight years, but we continue to carry these beautiful experiences with us even though we found a church family here in Seattle. Luke 12, 48 says, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. You've heard this verse many times. When we read it, we are reminded of what we receive from God through new community. We know we are called to give back generously. Included in this letter was a gift for $5,000 and another matching $5,000 from the company that they belong to for a gift of $10,000 on this last day of 2017 for the ministries of New Community. So, we're grateful for what God does and continues to do. Thank you, Cece. Uh, as I like to uh, say during um, Sundays like this, I am merely kind of the appetizer, if you will, because the main course is going to come in the form of you, the church body. I don't know if anyone else here struggles or suffers from what I suffer with. Um, I call it spiritual amnesia. Anybody? I forget all the time. There's a short little, about a minute bio, if you will. Uh, I forget how when I was 17, I was heading up to a retreat with my brother and three other kids. And I got into a major accident that could have been way worse, and I walked away literally with the scratch. I forget how when I was 19, I got malaria on a mission trip to Africa, was supposed to die, was in the intensive care unit for two weeks. 
Many of you have never heard that story. One of these days I'll share it. And I also forget that when I was 22 in ministry, made incredibly stupid decisions that could have stripped my life, ministry even. And God kept me. When I look back on my short 47 years, I forget how God healed me. I forget about the multiple times God awakened me to the ugliness of my sin and to see the gospel anew. I forget about the fact that I am incredibly blessed by mentors and friends that pour into me. I forget about, I forget about how I was scared to death to plant this church 15 years ago thinking that it was going to flop and fail. And yet here we are 15 years later. I forget about how that one time I needed $500 to come on the last day for me to go on a trip, and on the last day, I got $500 in the mail. I forget about how when my daughter Sophie was sick, and a number of people, some who are even here today, prayed. God healed her. I forget all the time. Can anybody relate? This is why the amazing thing is one of the central commands in Scripture is this word, zakar, which literally means to remember. Throughout Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, God says to his people to live a flourishing life I tended for you, I need you to remember. And the central command in, 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 in the scriptures throughout the Bible of constantly, zakar, to remember, to remember. There's so many verses that I could put up today, but let me just take you through just a small sampling of how common this command is, and it's a command. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember the wondrous works that God has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Psalm 103, 2. This is one of my favorite verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And do you realize that one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit one of the main ministries of the Holy Spirit is this, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your, what, say it with me, remembrance, all I have and said to you. We forget all the time. One of the dangers of reading the Bible is that you think and I think that it's about someone else. It's about someone else's story. And it has nothing to do with us. And it's passages like Exodus 14, 16, some of you might be familiar, where we're most prone to make this mistake. This is about someone else, it's not about me. Exodus 14, you might remember, is one of the most astounding, amazing passages in all of scripture. That's when the Israelites, after having been delivered from Egypt, from slavery, walk on dry ground through the Red Sea. Two chapters later, 
Two chapters later. Two chapters later, we find this. Exodus 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. Verse 2. In the desert, the whole community, say it with me. No, no, no. Like, do it like the way you do it. Ready? Here we go. The whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. It's one thing to be set free from bondage to slavery and sin. It's another thing to live free. Let me say that again. It's one thing to be set free from bondage to sin and slavery. It's another thing entirely to live free. Or it's, it's one thing to get out of Egypt. It's another thing to get Egypt out of you. They're grumbling. They're complaining. Verse 3, the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And again, you and I read that and go, it's someone else's story. We and I read that and go, don't you remember what God just did for you, Israelites? The water, the water, the water stood up like two walls and you walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. Don't you think if God can do that, he could feed you? But you see, church, there's a little of me in that story. There's a little of you in that story. Because I've seen God do amazing things. I've seen God move. I've seen God rescue. I've seen God show up. I've seen God do something. But I'm telling you, two chapters later, I am (laughs) complaining. Am I alone in this? Am I the only one? Okay, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So God, being gracious God, tells the Israelites, I want you to do something. He says, in Exodus 14 and 16, we saw that. He tells the Israelites in Joshua 4, which well, I'm going to just look at in a second. He says, I want you to find ways to remember and not forget. And here's what I want you to do. He says, and we'll look at it. I want you to, can you guys see this by the way? Oh, it's kind of small. He says, here's, here's what I want you to do because you are always forgetting. I am, oh, he says, I want you to set up a memorial. Everybody say memorial. Memo- I want you to say a memorial of the ways in which you saw me move. In Joshua 4, in Joshua 4, God causes the Jordan River to part so that his people could enter the promised land. And after they've crossed, God tells them this. And the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. In verse 20, and Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. The first thing that they're told to do when they get across is to set up a memorial. Why? Otherwise you'll forget. Otherwise I'll forget. forget. 
of his provision, of his faithfulness, of his grace, of his mercy. Anyone struggling with spiritual amnesia, just quick sort of sermonic points and then testimony Sunday where we hear from you. How do we combat spiritual amnesia? First, and this is why we do what we do every Sunday and the last Sunday of the year. First, think, 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 think. Psalm 77, 12. Say this with me. Let's say these scripture verses together. Psalm 77, right, here we go. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty. One more time, ready? I will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Here's what I need you to do as you look back on 2017. What are the piles of stones, of memorials, remembrances? Is there a time where God was faithful to you? Is there a time in which God miraculously provided for you? Is there a time for some of us in which even though there weren't answers to prayers or clarity from hardships, we sensed God's nearness. Is there a time in which unexpectedly you experienced gift of community? Look back on 2017 and think. Secondly, thank. Thank. Psalm 9:1. Let's say this together. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Let's say that one more time, guys. Ready? I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So here's what happens. Remembering calls forth gratitude. And gratitude changes our perspective about everything. See, when I forget, when I forget, in my grumbling and in my complaining, I don't know if it's just me, but I almost inevitably and automatically, I begin to make a list of all the things that I don't have, all the things that I wish I had. In my grumbling and in my complaining, it's almost automatic to my heart. I begin to make a list of all the things that I wish I had, all the things that I don't have. And let me tell you about that list that I have. It's endless. It's exhaustive. It's infinite. See, when I forget, my heart becomes fixated on what I don't have what I wish I had. And I begin to say things like, God, where are you? Do you care? Do you love? Psalm 13 
It's one of these instructive psalms where we see that the antidote to ingratitude is remembrance. Antidote to ingratitude is remembrance. Psalm 13 verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thought and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Give me like one minute on this. There is this lie in the Christian community, some circles, that says that you can't be raw, honest. You can't say these things to God. You can't say, God, where are you? God, have you... Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is how do you reconcile that with the Son of God on the cross crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You can doubt God. You can question God. You could yell and scream and say, God, do you care? It's okay to do that. Look at the way that this psalm ends. <laughs> Verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. What's the psalmist doing, church? He's what? He's remembering. For he. Therefore, I will trust. Therefore, I will rejoice. Therefore, I will sing. You might not think so, but I'm telling you right now, you and I have a choice. We could choose greed or we could choose gratitude. Right now, before this year ends, you and I could end this year choosing greed to say, here's the things I don't have. Why this? Why that? You owe me. You or God, I could only think of one thing as I sit here this morning, but I choose gratitude. Maybe just one thing. Maybe just one thing. Some of you say, but I don't, rem- don't want to remember 2017, Peter. It's been painful. It's been hard. It's been difficult. I'll tell you why you need to remember. You need to remember because you need to remember that even in the midst of it, you sense God. You need to remember because even in the midst of it, you experience community like you've never experienced. You also need to remember because even in the midst of it, you grew in ways that you otherwise would not have. You need to choose to remember. Fourth, is transcribe. I would encourage you and me, there is something about pen to paper. If you have an opportunity, go home today. It doesn't have to be 10 pages. Go home today and reflect on what I talked about. Reflect on what you'll hear. And journal. And then lastly, and why we come here, is tell. God tells Israelites to do one other thing as they set up the memorial. Joshua 4.21, he said to their lights, in the future when your descendants ask their parents what these stones mean, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Do you know why we have Testimony Sunday? Why we do this publicly? Because what often happens is that we universalize our experiences. What do I mean? I went through something where I felt like God deserted me. I went through something where I felt like God wasn't there for me, so God isn't there for anybody. We take this one event and we make conclusions about who God is and we apply it not just to us, but to everyone around us. And all sorts of language creep in. God can't, God won't, God isn't. Do you know how we are set free from the prison of universalizing our experiences to go, what I experience, everybody? Communally. In community. See, you guys will sit there, I will sit there today, and we're going to hear testimony after testimony where the language has crept in our hearts because of what we've gone through and they're legitimate, authentic things that we've gone through where we say, because I've gone through this, everybody else must. And you hear testimonies of people saying no. Uh-uh. And we need that. Can I get an amen? We need that. We need to be set free from the prison of universalizing our experiences to say, what I'm going through is what it... No. God is God. So tell. Tell. In community. Communally. Um, as I mentioned, this is a tradition in our church. And if you are new to this tradition, this is simply how it works. Anybody that wants to can come and share. But keep the following things in mind. Number one, uh, make it rather uh, short. When I say short, I mean like three to five minutes. If you go longer than five, I actually physically remove you, okay? So just want you to know. You think I'm kidding. I am not kidding. I will get up and I will stand next to you and I'll say, we need to sit down now, okay? Three to five minutes. Number two, keep it Christ-focused. Keep it on Jesus. We don't need to hear about, we don't need to hear about you. We need to keep it on Jesus, okay? Make, make much of him. And not much of us. Make much of him. Uh, along with that, I guess, is don't preach at us, okay? We have other people to do that in our church. In other words, try to stay away from language. So you need to and you must, da, da, da. Just simply say, this is what he's done for me. Okay? Just keep it that. Okay? We'll go as long as we have time and we have about 30 minutes 
So uh, what you want to do if you want to share is, especially if there's someone up here, uh, instead of waiting for that person to sit so we can maximize our time, uh, come and sit in uh, these two pews, kind of the bench, if you will, okay? So when someone comes up and shares, if you want to share, you can come and we'll just take turns. I don't know why, but I want to, once again, Cece, emphasize this, okay? Part of the reason why we do this is because in all of my years being a pastor, when someone goes through something, I'm telling you, it's almost innate. We universalize it to go, this is for... That's why we do this publicly. We need to hear stories of how God has moved and worked in ways that we don't think he does or we don't believe because of... It's much more powerful, actually, than uh, sometimes just hearing sermons. So, um, yeah. And the rocks are here, by the way, so that those of you that do come up and share... You could take a rock with you. And in the past, people have known to, been known to actually take the rock, put the year 2017 or a little note of, of what they shared. And they've kept it at their desk or home, someplace that's visible for them. I could remember, so. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Um, yeah, I was like, I, I have to share. I think that um, it's, I don't know if Pastor Zox is in here um, or his wife, but in the African tradition, you know, testimony is huge. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll get into it. So last year at this time, um, you know, it took me almost a year, but I was looking um, at my loans, and I've been trying to consolidate and trying to do public service loan forgiveness. Um, and I found out that, so I've been working in a nonprofit since 2011. I've struggled financially. For anyone who's known me, I have struggled and struggled. Um, I mean, sometimes it just got so bad. Um, it's hard not to cry, um, just because people in this church have have been such community to, with me and to me throughout that. Um, anyway, so I found out basically that I'm, I have like over $100,000 of, of, of loans, thanks Northwestern. Um, and so it's a huge amount. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. I usually try, try not to think about it. I don't know if you guys have student loans. Maybe that's your, your coping too. But anyway, I basically found out that on some of it, I'm like four years into public service loan forgiveness, but on most of it, zero. I hadn't made enough payments, I'd been too inconsistent, and um, I hadn't realized that I could consolidate them all, so on and so forth. Um, and then I had gotten this call from 
California for this insurance thing that happened and it was another $10,000 and they basically threatened to ruin my credit and um, you know, all these things. Also, this was also post-election, I just turned 30. I was like, this is gonna be the year. A month later I was like, absolutely not gonna be the year. Um, <laughs> so I was pretty depressed earlier in this year. I was struggling to come to church. Um, and there's some, there were some people here um, Lindsay, who reached out to me, Daniel Jackson. Sometimes I couldn't even make it to church. I could only make it to a small group because I was just so down. Um, and I just, after working and working for years and years and sacrificing a lot of my time in the nonprofit sector, I just was like, God, I don't, you know, what's up? And I think I had learned that, you know, God is there in every season, but I was just like, at what point do you want to stop this? <laughs> what's the point that you want to stop this? Um, and really about a few weeks ago, around the same time, I had um, seen this job posting that a colleague had sent out, but I was like, okay, I'm not even qualified. I'm not going to even really look at it. And, um, she called me the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving holiday and asked me to come in for a couple of conversations. And um, basically, it just worked out. She would supervised me um, on supervising students, and we've had that type of relationship before. And she moved into a role as CEO at this new company. Oh, she's been there for a while, but now is going to take over as CEO. Um, so, you know, she hired, she, she, you know, we worked it out, and she hired me on as the director of operations. And, you know, I was like, God, you know, I cannot leave the nonprofit sector unless it's quote unquote amount because I, I can't, you know the loan story. I mean, it's bad, it's bad. I'll probably finish in 10 years, but it, you know, I'm, I would have to have a certain salary. And so I think the testimony isn't just about the job, but it's about the fact that we can't see what God's gonna do. We have no idea. But also, in his faithfulness, he will continue to, to give us what we need through people, through people in this community who have helped me, um, people who have just given me their ear. Um, and that's really the testimony, the fact that God didn't leave, you know, and I could never have imagined within a year that this offer would have come mm. or that I would even be able to move on, you know. Um, and so I'm just, I have to share because it's, it's, the, it's, it's like I'm compelled to share, you know. God, it's not about where he's, he gets us to, but just that he carried us along the way, um, you know. And I had gone through so, I had gone, I've lost multiple jobs. I mean, nonprofit sector is really volatile, especially just with state budgets. So I just want to thank God, I think. Um, for, for being present with me even when I'm not faithful to him. That's the real testimony, the fact that he's so consistent and he never leaves you. And he says, yeah, I heard what you said. I see what you're going through, but he comes through when it's the right time. And it's not when you can see it or when you know it, even when you don't believe it, he'll do it. Um, so I'm just grateful for that, you know, and just for the the reconnections, you know, and just grateful for the body. So that's what my my testimony is about. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Buki. 
I am absolutely petrified. I have not spoken in public since I was a teenager. Um, this is, uh, my name is Viviana. Um, I, my husband and I, who's sick today, uh, started attending the church last February. And um, this has just been an absolutely incredible year. Um, by no means easy, but it's been a really amazing year just to see how God's moved in our life, uh, in our walk. I will be as brief as possible. Um, I have a art background. I'm a metalsmith. And about two years ago, I've been, I managed a gallery in downtown for a number of years. And I was offered an opportunity two years ago to move into partnership and eventual ownership. I was like, that's amazing. And the request was to stay in my position at a lower pay rate for two years. And then we'd move into negotiations. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm going to follow this out. This sounds like a wonderful opportunity. And I was faithful in that position. And then um, I had asked my employer at the time, I said, in the, in the section of time where we're going to be negotiating, I, I'm going to step out and take a sabbatical unpaid, uh, which was a strain on us financially. But it was a time for me. I asked those who mentored me and discipled me and, and business advisors. Um, one, I didn't think it was good to negotiate while I'm still being employed, um, but I needed time to pray, to reassess, like, God, is this even what you want? Um, so got hit with a lot of negativity. When I told people I was on sabbatical, I got so much sarcasm. <laughs> like, um, But I was, I was okay. I was very comfortable in my skin, and I just trusted God, and I rested. I rested, like, just very deep in my soul, like, rest, you know. Um, I run a very hard schedule. Uh, since college, I'm running 12, 13-hour days, and for it to go the total opposite was, I mean, it, it was so refreshing. So fast forward, end of the summer, we're starting to close in on the deal, and my employer comes to me with what is essentially a curveball before we meet with lawyers. And it was just so clear to me. I'm like, I don't want this. Like, I'm good. I'm good. And I took maybe one afternoon to cry and go to movies in the park and just eat. And, <laughs> and then the next day, I faithfully, with my husband, went to City Hall pulled permits and started our own business. And we opened by a miracle, like within two months. So opened a jewelry store, we're right next to Logan Theater, so we're here in the community. And I mean, I'm talking from like the moment we got the keys, we just laid prostrate and prayed. And we had friends over and we just prayed. And when we didn't see provision because we're like, okay, we have this much left in the account and we're supposed to open a business, God provided, God provided prayer and people and advice. It's not just financial, you know, it's, it's I mean, to, to have encouragement, to have people say keep going. I, I will admittedly say we have not been at the church long. I probably know 15 of you tops. Um, but just being in service here and being in community, like, 
blessing, just blessing upon blessing. Um, being here every Sunday encourages me to keep going. And just even some of our friends from our former church, I don't even know if they're here because I can't see them, Alicia and Chad and Kelly and our friend Mike, and I mean, just bringing us cookies, bringing us prayer, having a baby run around our store, like all of those things have just shown us practical love. And now we can encourage them forward because we have other friends walking out in faith with no sight of money, with no sight of other, you know, tactable things. They're walking the Jordan. And we're still as well. And like God is just, God is just so good. And I, I'm going to go sit down now. Thank you, Fifty. Hi, Ruth. Um, I really don't like public speaking, and I'm just really nervous. Um, but I've been around this church for a while now, so I think I know that Sunday's the Sunday's coming up, and I just felt all week like you should probably share something. So anyway, that ten seconds was just for me because I just <laughs> didn't. But yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess I'll just begin by sharing. Uh, I've been, I'm 33 years old. Oh, my name is Ruth. Um, I'm 33 years old. That means I've been around church for 33 years. And so I'm someone who's pretty familiar um, with how church goes and how God goes. Or um, I just anticipate in my most cynical self, I think I'm like, okay, I know, I know what's about to come. I know what's about to be said. Um, and I think there's very few things that these days kind of stick out to me as something new. Um, but recently... Maybe in my recent, maybe like the past couple years, I came across this phrase that someone wrote in a newsletter called Silent Saturday. Um, and it's the idea of, you know, there's Crucifixion Friday, and then there's Silent Saturday, and then Resurrection Sunday. And that just phrase, Silent Saturday, really stuck to me because I feel like I'm someone, because I've been around church for a long time, I know Crucifixion Friday, I know Resurrection Sunday really well, um, but I don't really know how to be in Silent, silent Saturday. Um, so yeah, me just being really intrigued with that and just really feeling like that resonates with me in a deep way, especially with the world, um, was a great thing. And then life hit <laughs> and I feel like I was in Silent Saturday. Um, so just to paint a picture, um, exactly a year ago today, I guess, cause it's New Year's Eve. Um, I have two children, for those of you who don't know me, I have two little, little children, um, and last year, this time, was when I had just, uh, you know, three, I had a three-month-old baby, a two, maybe a two, yeah, two-something-year-old then. Um, and New Year's Eve, my husband was working a, a, a wedding. And um, New Year's Eve, I don't know why Chicago has to have fireworks. Hashtag, I hate fireworks. <laughs> but, like, the fireworks went off, and, like, so my son woke up, and he started screaming, got really scared. But then I had a newborn to take care of as well. So I opted to stay in the room with him for maybe 20 minutes and help him go to sleep. But by the time I came back, um, she had cried so long and cried so hard, she, like, spit up all over herself and was drenched in her own stuff and couldn't move. And so after bathing her, and then it was just kind of like, all right, happy New Year's Eve to me. <laughs> um, and then, so I paint that picture because I feel like the exhaustion that I felt of that just never let up. Um, and the difficulty that I felt was kind of like, okay, 2017, here we go. Like, exhaustion and everything. Let's see what, what has to come. And just never let up. 
And, um, and just, I don't know, I don't know why life has to happen this way, but one, sometimes when really the hardest things happen, other hard things happen all at the same time. And it was also a year where um, I just really wrestled with a lot of shifted friendships. Um, I think my marriage with Kenny was also like, we had hit a wall after five years of being married, like we don't even know what to do anymore with a certain wall that we hit. Um, my relationship with God just felt like, man, I have some really big questions for God and God is being pretty silent right now. Um, and so the things that felt most dear to me just felt like they were broken or absent. Um, and I think the hardest part was um, in the midst of all the things externally going, being difficult, I think internally this thought, the sticking thought of like, why there are people who have two kids all the time three kids, five kids, however many kids. Why is this so hard for me? Why is life so hard for me? And like, what's wrong with me? And I think that thought that's just stuck so um, deeply sometimes, even though I know I shouldn't think that, it just um, really surfaced a lot. And so I was just stuck in a lot of fog of emotions, of unanswered questions. When is this going to let up? I have no idea. And I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And all these things, um, it was just a big fog. Um, and so today, I just want to give testimony to not, I don't want to share a story of God's redemption, not because I don't believe in it and not because I don't stand here experience, having experienced a lot of redemption. I don't want to share a story of, of Christian sunshine, of how I'm in a place of, or God is rescuing, not because he hasn't and not because I'm in a different place, but I want to share and give testimony to God who sits with, sits with us in our darkness yes. and sits with us in, in the cold, dark ground when there's no life to be seen and the God who, who sits with us in our sadness, even though we have nothing else to say. Um, yeah. I just want to give testimony to that God who yeah. sits with us in Silent Saturday. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Tulu. Uh, this is Nehemiah. Hopefully he stays asleep. And um, uh, I'm the, I have the pleasure of serving as the chair of the leadership team here at New Community. And um, I, I really want to thank God for bringing the people on the leadership team um, together and uh, have been such a blessing to me personally. Um, I'm the youngest member of the leadership team, and yet I'm somehow the chair. Uh, thank you, Peter. Um, and so I, I'm just so grateful for their wisdom and discernment. And, uh, um, you know, we make decisions at, at consensus, with consensus, um, and we've always... Uh, been able to debate, discuss things, but, but God has, and I, I thank God for this, God has brought us to consensus on so many decisions over the last couple of years. And so I want to thank um, Jason, Johnson, Keisha Birch, uh, Sue Lee, and of course, Papa Dan Radakovich um, for, uh, for serving and um, again, for, for God for bringing those people together. Yeah. The other thing I want to thank um, the Lord for uh, is just for the birth of this little one, um, Nehemiah. He's four and a half, uh, four months old, three and a half, something like that. Um, uh, the third one, it, you lose track. Uh, um, the first, the first two births uh, of our, the first two children we um, we had uh, was a it was a stressful, traumatic uh, experience. And so Emily and I had been praying um, for just um, for for God to just bless us with uh, a, a less traumatic. Um, experience with Nehemiah, and he did that, and it was, uh, um, you know, not easy for me, uh, but especially for, for Emily, <laughs> um, uh, and so I, I'm just so thankful for, um, for his health, and for Emily's health, and for, uh, for God bringing us 
through um, some some darkness and some pain. But um, uh, and as Ruth said, that's not that's not done. Um, we're not out of that. But uh, just thankful for God's presence with us yes. and all of that. Thank you. Morning, everyone. I'm sorry, my voice is almost completely gone. Um, my name is James. Uh, uh, some of you know, uh, maybe some don't. Uh, in uh, the first week of October, my wife Jess uh, was walking home from work, and she was uh, she was uh, run over by a car while she was in a crosswalk, and uh, she's very badly injured. Uh, her legs were run over, and, uh, and they weren't broken, which is amazing, which is a miracle, and, but she did fracture her wrist very badly, and um, it, was a, it was a very traumatic experience, for, obviously, for her, but just for, you know, for me, for me and for our uh, two small boys, and uh, just the, the response from uh, the community was really amazing. It was, uh, um, it uh, gave me a, um, just a clearer vision for uh, how God uniquely gifts individual people yes. with uh, certain certain ways to bless each other. Like I, uh, since there was such a complete outpouring from from everyone I knew here, I was able to see well, this person has this to offer, and this person has this to offer, and this person yeah. has this to offer, and uh, it was just a complete picture of uh, <laughs> it's a very complete picture of uh, how God uses his body. And uh, I was uh, I was very much in shock. And I uh, I needed uh, people to speak truth to me. Because uh, I, uh, it was too hard to, to uh, hear from God. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who, uh, who helped. There were just dozens of people who uh, would have done anything at the drop of a hat in that time and uh, continue to help. And I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Jess is doing well. She had surgery. Um, and she, she has uh, probably several more months of physical therapy, but it's expected to make a, a full recovery. Um, I know Peter said not to preach, but I have to for a second. But just to say that uh, don't wait until you need community to be a part of the community. Um, I needed this community. <laughs> and uh, so join a small group, serve in the ministry. And... Uh, you can bless the people around you, and when the time comes, you will be blessed. Yes. And say, uh, say uh, thank you again, and say that uh, God, God is faithful, and uh, doesn't promise that we won't experience pain in this world, but that we won't experience it alone. He goes with us.
Hi. <laughs> so my name is Leah, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who has um, shared already. Um, so a year and a half ago, um, I was a victim of a crime that um, just turned my world upside down. I had uh, just graduated, um, finished grad school a couple weeks prior to that and was applying for jobs and excited to be finished with school finally and that had been intense and <laughs> its own story and was just looking forward to time to process and um, what that experience had been and then this hit and um, ended up having to move back to where I grew up, which was not a good fit for me at all and hadn't been for a long time and didn't really have a lot of community there. And um, so it was just a really, I ended up um, in my brother and sister-in-law's you know, basement for a year, not where I thought I'd be. <laughs> and um, just healing and um, you know, trying to, um, when God doesn't rescue you from that situation or stop that situation from happening, but seeing him still bring you through it and provide, even if it's just like your breath that day and like the will to like keep hoping that you're gonna heal and that it's gonna get brighter and the triggers are gonna decrease and and the criminal justice process being a whole nother story as well um, for another time, but just the courage to see that through um, despite <laughs> less than ideal um, outcomes and, um, you know, trauma does a lot to a person you know, emotionally, spiritually, and it just felt so, like I just didn't even know how to feel God. And I knew it was the trauma, but it still doesn't take away from those feelings. And so, as I look back, um, you know, for, I, I grew up in the church with, um, a very perfectionistic mother. And so, you know, I think my whole life um, has been a journey of coming out of a very performance-based um, 
Christianity, you know, where it was all about me being the good Christian and reading my Bible every day and leading the Bible study. And, um, you know, it's, this has just been such a time of just realizing like how much God loves me when I'm not like doing any of the things I'm supposed to be doing and I don't have anything to give and I'm just like literally trying to survive and make it to work so I can pay the bills mm. and he's just so faithful and just all the ways he's provided and even this move to Chicago um, the time came where my brother and sister-in-law were like, okay, time to go, bye, we love you, and didn't feel prepared at all for another move after everything that had happened in the past, you know, the prior year, and, but I was like, okay, here we go, like, there's no job prospects where I am, I know I don't want to be here long term, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm moving somewhere, and, um, I just feel like God just like, just brought me here. And um, fun side note, Pastor Peter was my campus pastor um, a few years ago. And um, so I just knew um, coming up here that, that this was the first place, first church I wanted to come to and um, just felt like it, it was home. And just feel like God is really just starting to bring me out of that really dark season, and um, I just feel so grateful, so grateful. Might have time for one, maybe two more. I'm Shana. Um, a year ago today, um, I took the day to reflect on 2016 and what God had been doing. Um, and I was incredibly emotionally and physically exhausted um, on a scary level. Um, I had been I'm in full-time ministry, and for seven months I had been leading um, a ministry on my own because my co-director um, had been on sabbatical. And my goal had been, while he was on sabbatical, that when he came back, Everyone, the staff and all the students, I work in collegiate ministry, were all healthy and well and thriving. Um, but I didn't factor myself into that. Um, and I gave myself hours and um, just emotionally to making sure everyone else was doing well. Um, he came back in January, my co-director, and I hit a wall. I had nothing more to give. Physically and emotionally was done. And thankfully, my organization gave me a sabbatical, um, and I was really grateful for it. I can relate to um, others who've talked about stopping from going full speed ahead to stopping was actually really humbling for me and really hard. Um, I had a sabbatical team of six people walking with me. Three of them were from this church who walked deeply with me, and one was Pastor Michael. 
And during our second meeting, um, they all, it's kind of hard when six people are asking you hard questions at once, but we're just asking me, have you really dealt with the level of what you take on people's burdens and the level of what you take on um, your passion for justice and um, the things that have been going on in your life? And I said, no, not really. Mm. And Michael looked at me <laughs> He said, I really think, and they know my story, and they, he said, I really think you need to um, process the impact of your father on your life. And I was like, uh-uh. I've been there, done that. It's painful. Um, but I knew he was right. And so I called a counselor to get time with her. Um, Ten years previous um, was the first time I had begun to admit that my childhood was really traumatic and that my dad was really abusive. Um, basically, my brokenness had hit the fan in a grand scale. I won't tell you that story, but it was awful. And my parents, my family was not pro-counselors, and so I had resisted that for a long time. I was increasingly getting suicidal, though, and was in multiple unhealthy relationships. This is 10-ish years ago. Um, and so for the first time, I called a counselor, and through... Um, a lot of things God brought incredible healing and wholeness to me over years. Um, and for me to say my dad had been incredibly abusive, he didn't, I say had been, he's now in heaven, um, he's passed away, but um, he, had, he had a very low view of women and didn't want daughters. Um, and that was verbalized and lived out. He um, was really angry and unpredictable and abusive and um, blind. And I was, at a young age, his eyes. So I would um, make sure my dad, literally his life was, would be okay. Um, and so when I talked to this counselor um, this summer um, and talked with her about my dad, I was like, I've gone through so many memories in the last 10 years and God has brought healing to them. I had no idea that I still needed more. And so we talked about the overarching impact of my father's abuse on my soul and on my being. And she said to me, what do you think God wants you to do with that? And the first thing I said was forgive him, which I know has to be the Holy Spirit because that just doesn't come from me. And so she said, she coached me in forgiving him. And um, I did. I really, truly from my heart forgave my dad. And the freedom I felt was tangible immediately, um, unreal. Jesus. Ten years ago, um, Psalm 3 had been a huge chapter for me. And verse 3 says something like, um, but that you are a shield around me, you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. And I felt like the Lord said then, what I'm going to do is lift up your head. That shame for being a woman, shame for whatever, isn't going to be what guides you, you're going to be standing upright. And I literally feel, I had no idea. I still needed that until this counselor this summer, but I feel like what God has enabled me to do is to stand upright um, and be secure as his daughter and um, to live that out. I'm still figuring that out, how to do that, but I don't take on the burdens that God doesn't ask me to as much. I can say no easier. I actually like myself in ways that I didn't even realize I didn't like myself before. So God's faithfulness has been unreal to me this year. Good morning. So I know I'm between you and lunch, so I'll try to keep this short. 
Um, so my name is Wayne, and my wife is back there, Hamie. We've been attending NewCon for about a year now. And I'll try to keep this brief, but this is really a story about timing, right? And um, understanding God's timing, that it's maybe not necessarily our, it's not our job to understand why things happen or why things don't happen, but it's just to stay faithful. So um, we had been together for about six and a half years. And um, up until this July, we'd been living uh, separately. I was stuck in Peoria working for Caterpillar, and Amy was up here uh, with her job. So we were both very career-oriented. So uh, we never had the chance to, to be together until just recently. And we had also experienced, uh, unfortunately, two miscarriages during that period of time as well. And it was very difficult. We didn't understand why, um, why these things were going on, why we, why we couldn't come up here to Chicago, why we couldn't be together, and you know, why we'd experience these miscarriages. Um, I, just to keep it really short, and you can come talk to me later if you want, but uh, it wasn't until early this year where God's plan really started to reveal itself. And um, after years and years of trying to be in the same city, and after years and years of trying to get pregnant, uh, successful pregnancy, um, in, in June or July of this past year, a, a, an opportunity finally opened up here in Chicago. Uh, so it was very difficult for me to leave after 13 years of being with one company. Um, but, you know, putting family first was, was our, our real goal. And um, literally, I think within, you know, a week of me resigning, uh, we found out that um, through, through God's grace and, and, and miracle that Amy is uh, pregnant and carrying twins. And uh, we are expecting in, uh, in mid-February. Yeah, amen. Um, so, you know, I just want to share that, you know, um, you may have a plan. Um, you may try to have a, a path that you want to follow, but, you know, it's, it's really in God's hands, God's timing. You have to believe that. And, um, you know, um, it, it's just, you know, you have to really trust that God has a plan for us. And um, if things don't work out, you know, we thought things, we thought 2015 was going to be great. You know, things didn't work out. We thought 2016 was going to be great and things didn't work out. And kind of, I think going into 2017, we're trying to keep our expectations a little in check. But uh, it's amazing what God has, has provided for us this year. So I just want to encourage all of you to, to place your faith in God and just uh, be faithful and uh, know that his plan will reveal itself to you. Thank you. Did you guys ever think about this? In the New Testament, one of the two ordinances, sacraments, one of them is this. And remember the word Jesus says, whenever you do this, take it in what? Say it with me, take it in what? Why? Because you forget. Because I forget. Do it in remembrance of me. And let me be really clear, Pastor Doxy, if you come on up, of what this, and, and, and hopefully this comes full circle, it'll connect with you. Jesus is saying, just as the memorials of rocks was a reminder to the nation of Israel 
of God's deliverance. Jesus says, take this in remembrance of what he did of our ultimate deliverance from sin and death. And it will be spiritually critical for you, not just as we end the year remembering what Jesus did for 2018. As Shana reminded us, you and I will have no ability to forgive people who wrong us unless we remember that he forgave us. We will have no ability to love difficult people unless we first remember that he first loved us. We will have no ability to live radical, sacrificial lives unless we remember his ultimate radical, sacrificial gift. We will not be able to stay in the furnace of life, of fire trials, unless we remember that he walks with us. He says on the last night before he's betrayed, take this and do it in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup, the cup of the new covenant, and he said, this represents that you're not no longer approach his throne or are welcomed into his presence or accepted because of blood of lambs and bulls and goats, but because of the sacrifice and the blood of his son. When you're ready, come on up.